Welcome to The Brilliant Creative. I'm your host, Ange Stocky, a former flower shop and boutique owner turned creative business coach. With over 25 years of entrepreneurial experience, I've tried all kinds of things. Sometimes the ideas worked like a charm. Sometimes they did not. Whether you have a new business that's ready to grow or you have an established business that needs some refining, join me here where I help you, The Brilliant Creative, get really good at running a business while also living your life well. My experience owning multiple small businesses combined with over 1,000 hours of coaching entrepreneurs, all while raising a house full of boys, makes this a great podcast for business owners looking for a business and life refresh. Consider this podcast your weekly meeting with a coach. I'll help you get efficient by streamlining your workflow with systems. I'll help you prioritize which project actually needs your attention now with simple tools. I'll help you refine your workspace for maximum efficiency. I'll teach you how to master your business mindset so you can get out of your own way. And occasionally, we'll do some life coaching. Put this podcast in your back pocket and use it as a business tool to fine-tune your business and your life. Let's get started. Good morning, friends. Well, it might be morning where you are, or it might be night, might be middle of the night. I don't think it is, but it might be um, day, wherever you are. Hello. I should say hello, hello, hello. Okay, before we get started, I just want to do some chit chat. I never really do chit chat, but um, I kind of just want to let you know where we're at here at the Stocky House. Um, It's school has started and it's in full swing. So I have one child who goes away to school. He's going to um, heavy equipment machine operator school. I call it Digger Dan School, and he is just happy. Like, finally, the kid has found something that he really loves to learn about. So, oh, gosh, as a mama, it's like um, a giant weight is lifted off of your off of your heart, especially if you have a, a student that does not love high school or, or doesn't really, like, believe in what they're learning. They really are having a hard time understanding why they are learning what they're learning in high school. I, my firstborn, he's one of those. And now he is, he's just so in the place he's supposed to be. So thank goodness. It's almost given me a new lease on life because I'm like, okay, we're good. He's going to be okay. We're, everything's okay. And he's, he calls me and says things like, mom, today I drove a, a blankety blank, whatever the name of the machine is. And I'm sorry, I don't know that I'm going to have to get better at knowing the names of the machines, but Oh, it's just like there's happiness and joy and he likes his teachers and his teachers have great stories and they're funny and he met so-and-so and he heard about this. And if the if your child, if your student, young student is in the right place, you can just feel it. So as a mom going into kind of this fall season where all my kids are gone, well, two of them are like at high school, but during the day they're gone, you know, you, you kind of get your house back. For me, I take, you know, lots of the summer and spend it with kids and then when fall happens, things kind of ramp up. I mean, people, you know, my clients usually call and say, hey, ready for coaching, let's go, because they might have kids too. And so they sometimes will run on a um, academic calendar as opposed to like, you know, a 12-month calendar. So, okay, the point of my story is one kid, yes, awesome, let's go. And the other two just love just these boys. I have three boys. Um, the other two are at high school and I just dropped them off and I, I, well, I dropped one off. The other one drives. I love dropping the younger one off. Cause it's just, I just, 
It's just so. So some days he'll get a ride with me. Anyway, I just dropped him off and I was driving back from school and I was thinking about these meetings that we have at our house because our goal for the boys is to have them really consider what it looks like to be academically excellent. Now, I I can't say that there's um, a, a lot of ease and grace around all the academics, right? So when I went to high school, just piece of cake, like not just not an issue. Getting getting really decent grades just wasn't as difficult. And I I can't say that I'm experiencing that as a mom with my kids. It just hasn't been as easy. So I'm using some coaching techniques to try and help them create their own mm, their own ways of being academically excellent. So every week we have a date and the date is you meet mom and you answer some questions and we're either going to sit at the dining room table or you can come and sit in our room or we can sit on the couch or wherever, but you're going to answer these questions and then we are going to look at your grades. We're going to see what's happening and then you're going to tell me what what needs to happen next. Like, how are you feeling? And some of the questions that we ask, I kind of have this little document that I run through. The document is called School Meetings with Hens and Lates. Henrik and Leighton are are the two kids that are still here. So a couple questions that we ask at this meeting, which I'm going to share with you because I cannot even tell you how awesome. We've only had like three sets of meetings, right? Because we were in three weeks of school. They're amazing. Like the kids love them. And I mean, they haven't said we love these meetings, mom, but it gives them an opportunity to know like we're going to talk about academics at least once a week with our mom. So here's here's some of the questions, I, and I'm telling I'm I'm letting you know about these questions because I literally think every single parent in the world should do this. So, what is something good that happened at school that surprised you this week? W- one of my kids said, "Oh, you know, I met some older kids," and then m- you know, m- one of my other kids said, "You know, I was kind of surprised that we actually go outside for our for our um, workout class." And then another question. What was the most fun thing that happened this past week? And, you know, some people be like, well, sometimes they'll say, well, actually, the people I was sitting with at lunch were really fun. So the goal is to try and get them to feel positive and to to become aware of the good things that are happening at school. So often kids will come home and they're exhausted and they complain and this teacher did that and then that teacher did this and so and so and I'm tired. You know, the end of the day is about the worst time to talk about school with your kids, right? So these meetings are set up for either Sunday nights, five, six, seven, eight, nine o'clock, or Monday nights, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine o'clock. Usually they pick about eight o'clock to talk about it, which is talking time at our house. The other question that's on here is, what academic thing are you proud of? What academic thing are you proud of? And then one of my kids, I mean, I would not have found out this information unless we had the meeting. He said, oh, actually, mom, my plane, it won. It won today at school. Like I was the kid who my, my plane won. I don't even know what his plane won, but it, it flew the farthest or whatever. It's some, some little contest they had in school. And so we found out more about that. And that was in his aerospace class. I, I mean, I wouldn't have heard it. He didn't tell me. We, we didn't talk about that. And so... Until we had this meeting, I didn't know about it. Okay, and then next question is, what are you looking forward to this week? And you, the things that you find out about your kids, if you have kids, remarkable. The next question, which teacher do you want to get to know better? 
And that's fascinating. You find out who they like and who they're kind of curious about and why. And then I say, hey, guys, pull up your classes. So they pull up their classes and show me what's happening. And then we really can see what's going on. And I, and I, during the pulling up of classes, there is no shame involved, right? There's no, you did this, you're doing this wrong. This is not okay. This is unacceptable. Nothing. If you're going to get your kids to talk about school and classes, you want to talk about what you want to happen. So if you want completion to happen, you want to use the words completion. If you want academic excellence, you literally have to repeat the words academic excellence many times throughout a period of time. If you want them to create academic excellence, you have to ask them, hey, what does it look like for you to create or to experience or to practice academic excellence in this situation? It's a, it's a lot about repetition. Teaching is a lot about repetition. When I was in teacher school, because I used to be a teacher, um, one of the things I will always remember from one of my grad school classes, and it seems so simple now, but repetition is the key to learning. Repetition is the key to learning. Repetition is the key to learning. And I thought, it's really so true. You got to repeat. It's almost, it's the same. Okay. I was going to go off on a tangent about marketing, but I'm not going to. Okay. The other um, question we ask the kids, what's one thing you can do to prepare for success this week in each class? And, and then they have to, I mean, it's not me telling them what to do. It's them telling themselves what to do. And so they'll say, oh, I should really bring my Chromebook home. Or I really need to start getting to Spanish on time. Or whatever it is, they're coming up with it. I mean, people support what they create, right? So if your kids create it, they're more likely to support it. If it comes from your brain or your telling them what to do process, it's not as powerful. You want them to come up with the next direction. You want them to verbalize it. You want them to think it through in their brain and then say it out loud. So I got to be honest, I am a fan of these school meetings. Now, honestly, I was literally about to do an entire podcast about something else. But I think as I've been talking, I'm like, I think this should just be its own podcast. So I'm going to have this be a fun little bonus podcast that I throw out there. And I'm hoping it's helpful to the moms and dads that are that are out there that are um, listening to this podcast and also, you know, raising some awesome young humans. Let me tell you a couple more questions that we have on this list because I kind of rotate the questions and change them around and I will add more questions later. Uh, One of the questions, which is awesome, what do you want me to recognize or acknowledge you for? And one of the kids said, I played pretty well in the game, in the football game. And it was a football game that we had missed. And so, you know, this is something your child wants, you know, I played pretty well in the game, just so you know, and I kind of want you to know that. And I want you to acknowledge me for that. And so we did. I mean, it, these meetings, I mean, magic, I am telling you, this is magical parenting. I'm experiencing the magic, not maybe they are too. I think they are too, but it's so good. Um, The other thing is, the other question I've got on here is, is there anything you think dad and I should know? So very often my husband is lurking, (laughs) sweetly lurking, kind of like in the other room, or maybe he's also listening. Sometimes when there's two adults, it's harder for the kids to fully express 
what they're thinking. And so, um, my dear husband, Chris, he's, he'll kind of be hands off. He won't be asking the questions as well. I'll lead the meeting so far. That's what it's been. And he gets to listen and hear, and then we'll talk about it later. And it's so good. I mean, it is, it feels like a really great space for the kids to express whatever they need to express. So yes, you could have two parents doing it. That's totally awesome. What works well for us is to have Chris kind of around and kind of flitting about, maybe coming in with some laundry and then going out and then, you know, going to the kitchen and all the while he can kind of hear what's happening. So it's just lovely. Another um, question that we ask, literally, I think I asked this question of one of my kids last year. Probably a hundred, a hundred of the school days. And I've even done some videos on this particular question. It's the one question that you can ask your kids after school. It's, it's just, if you're going to ask your kids anything, how is school is, I can't say it's a, a, a very eliciting question, right? It doesn't really elicit what you want it to elicit or pull out of them. It usually gets like a, oh, it's fine, and then then move on, which it is a, I believe it's just such a useless question. I'm sorry. If you ask it, here's what I want you to do instead. I want you to try a couple other things. Here's a question, the magical question. The question is, on a scale of one to 10, how was school today? And... They have to quantify it so you literally know, like, okay, I mean, everybody knows a scale of 1 to 10. If they say 4, I mean, that was not great. If they say 9, okay, that's good news. And after asking this question day after day after day, you really get an idea of what what does a 9 feel like? How does my child arrive to the car or arrive to the home on a day that was a 9? And then how do they arrive to the home or to the car or wherever? When the day was a four, what I usually ask to elicit true information is a lot of times my child's day was like a seven, eight or nine last year. And so I would say, okay, it was a seven. What would have made it a nine? And then you find out the information, which every single parent wants to know, but you would never know it unless you ask that question. The things that came out during that Hey, what would have made it? I usually go two points higher so they can say, so they can really think, what would have made it a nine? Well, what would have made it a nine is if I wouldn't have gotten in trouble at lunch for this and this and this, or (laughs) what would have made it a nine is if I actually would have done better on that science test because I thought I was going to do really good and I felt bad when I didn't do as well as I thought I would do. I mean, you find out all this stuff. It's, it is the most magical question. So I highly suggest it. I will share that picking up um, a lot of boys last year from the ski hill, I was kind of obsessed with this question for a while, right? So, I mean, I now use it maybe a little bit more sparingly, not every single day, but I use it a bunch for many different, many different things. Um, If it was a game, hey, on a scale of one to 10, how did you feel about your game? And then they'll tell us and then we'll ask, what would have made it a nine? Well... If the coach would have, if I would have, if the other player would have, you know, if I would have gotten there 10 minutes earlier and stretched out, I mean, whatever. And it helps them figure out how could it have been better? How could I have improved it? Or was it somebody else or somebody else's behavior that kind of wrecked it for me? And I'll insert just a quick note here. When 
kids come home very often, they have much to complain about. Oh, this happened and that happened. It was too hot in school. Or this teacher did this and it wasn't fair. Or this person did this. There's there's lots of... Um, there's lots of discussion around how external forces made them feel or wrecked their day or etc. And because I want my kids to recognize that they are in charge of how they feel at all times, they get to decide how they feel, um, I will occasionally ask a follow-up if I hear a lot of, well, that that happened and it was that person's fault or that teacher did that to me and here's how I felt about it. I often will check in with the question, what's one thing you could have done or that you would like to try and do in the future to avoid feeling that way or to avoid experiencing that kind of experience? What's one thing you could do to have taken a different direction than you ended up taking or How could you have gotten on a different pathway for the day? So there's multiple ways you can help them start to, instead of pointing at that person did that, and so here's how I feel, and I've been wronged, and I am angry. Instead, hey, what could you do to manage your feelings? What could you do to feel differently about it? What's one thing you could do to just get on a different pathway that maybe is a little more positive? You guys, these meetings and these questions, I think with just a bit of intention around the conversations you're having with your kids about school, whether they're in third grade or whether they're in college, I would love to hear if you have certain questions that you ask that are super helpful. Um, I, I would, I'll share them with, you know, in some of my next podcast too, because these questions are so helpful and we've got to get We've got to become experts at communicating with our kids about all kinds of things. And school and education and development is one thing we should be masters at. I meant to tell you guys one more story about using this question in a car full of boys to get to know the boys in the car a little better and to just create some connections with your kids' friends. And it could be girls too. I just happen to have boys. So uh, our son snowboards and another one skis and another one skis sometimes, but the snowboarders there pretty much six days a week. And so sometimes we'll give rides home or we'll give a car full of boys rides out to the ski hill, which is, you know, 20, 20 minutes away. So I ask when they get in the car from a night of skiing or snowboarding, each person like, okay, guys, we're just going to play a quick game. I just want to hear what your rating is for tonight. Like, how was it? Scale of one to 10. And the answers are amazing. Like the connections that are made during this conversation time with each other, like the kids learn about each other. And then I also kind of get to know the kids and the kids actually realize that the person driving the car, the mom or the dad values their thoughts and what they have to say. And it is just, um, it's a little community builder, I think. So if you have a car full and they're willing to answer the question, hey guys, fun night snowboarding on a scale of one to 10. Hey, John, what what would you rate tonight? 10's the best. One's kind of like the worst. What'd you think? Oh, well, maybe a seven. Oh, okay. What would have made it a nine? 
well, it was really icy, so I couldn't do this trick. And tonight I was planning to do a double backflip or whatever, (laughs) whatever the trick is they were planning to do. Then I learn as the adult in the car that this person kind of had a goal for the night to try and do this particular trick, right? And so the next time I see them, I can say, how's how's it going with the trick? What happened? Did you get to do it this week? Did you get to do it last week? Is it everything you thought it would be? It is, you guys, intentional questioning, pointing out some really good things, making connections, and helping kids really see the positive and how their behavior can affect how their day goes, how their night goes, how their how their sports go, how their activities go. You can use this question everywhere. So whew, I love it. It's a good question. And then the the one thought I want to leave you guys with is this. Positive begets positive. So if you can spend more time pointing out the positive things happening for your child, your young student, your young adult, your teen, if you can help them to see the positive, if you can help them to see the good things, to celebrate the good things that are happening, more of those good things will happen. We spend a lot of time pointing out the negative. We are programmed. We we move into a default mode of saying, that's wrong. Nope, you got to do that better. You're not doing that right. That's wrong. Instead of that, I challenge you for these next couple months to start finding everything positive and verbalizing it, even if it's just the simplest thing. Help your kids see the positive things that are happening at school, with teachers, with friends, in friend groups, in your community, because positive begets positive. And this particular way of communicating with kids and connecting proactively around things happening in their life is so powerful. All right, gang, that's all for now. If you want to have some of the questions and maybe get a little refresher, a written refresher of this particular podcast, you can see some of the questions in the show notes at angstocky.com. Take a look. Hope you guys have a great week. Bye. If you're hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, I'm so grateful. Thank you. I hope you found value in this episode. And if you did, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And please share this episode with others who may be interested in this specific topic. I'll meet you here next week for a brand new episode of The Brilliant Creative Podcast. Until then, friends, happy entrepreneuring. Happy entrepreneuring.